You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. My wife is in the middle of a cookie baking craze, and I'm loving every minute of it. Like, she always used to like making cookies, but now she's really into this Joanna Gaines thing, the Magnolia. I don't know if you've heard of these people. If you're a woman or you have a wife or girlfriend, you know who these people are. They rehabbed houses, and now all of a sudden they're just millionaires that have cooking shows and their own network and everything else. And she's got cookbooks out. My wife's got three of them. And now all of a sudden it's just like, you know, the fanciest cookie you've ever met is sitting there in a bowl And, and when I go upstairs. I'm, I'm seriously putting on 30 pounds this holiday season, and I'm totally okay with it. I just gained five pounds hearing you talk about it, which is wonderful. <laughs> I'm still a guy who loves a good old-fashioned Toll House cookie with the recipe right off the back of the bag. Okay, and I'm not going to downplay my mother's cookies, but those are much more similar to that, and I'll eat a ton of those on Christmas Eve. But I'm getting all the fancy ones right now. The oven's working overtime upstairs. Well, and and yes, the smells are wonderful, so I I do have an appreciation for that. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it is one of those things where this is that, that glorious time of year when when sometimes that's what we get, right? We get the smells, we get the sights, we get the sounds, and inevitably we get... White Sox fans whining about things that were never ever going to happen in the first place. Yeah, the way that people reacted to the the Twitter rumors that the Mets were going to acquire Liam Hendricks and the White Sox were just going to take James McCann and Eduardo Escobar back, right? Like, I laughed at it and didn't even want to talk about it. Like, I was like, I'm not even commenting on this. I think all I did was comment at the end. Like, I, I laughed at the end when McCann is traded to the Orioles for a player to be named later and the Mets eat, like, 80% of his contract just to get him off. And, and the idea that Mets fans and some White Sox fans right. believe James McCann was headed back and we are going to give up Liam freaking Hendricks for him. Like, that shows the insanity. That shows some people have way too much sugar going through their veins right now and the brain is not working properly. Visions of sugar plums dance in their heads and they think Eduardo Escobar is still a second baseman even though he hasn't been in years. Or really ever, frankly, in his career. This episode of Socks in the Basement brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions for Boeing Walls, Window Wells, Foundation Crack Repair, some pumps, gutter cleaning, uh, anything to protect your foundation. Give them a call 24-7-708-330-4466. Mention Socks in the Basement. Get additional money off. Your basement's best defense is at FamilyDry.com. I want to talk about how the White Sox should be approaching the New York Mets if they truly are interested in Liam Hendricks. And I think that they are. In fact, most teams... Oh, I do too. Most teams looking for a closer should be envying the White Sox, and if he's available, should be considering paying the price to acquire him. Because we saw Kenley Jansen sign for more money and the same amount of years than what Hendricks has over the next two years on his contract. And Liam Hendricks is a far better closer. And the Red Sox fans hate that move. Right. They, they, they were like, oh, you did what now with how much? The best option out there right now for any team trying to get a closer is if you can find a way to get Liam Hendricks. But the White Sox aren't just giving him away. This isn't a salary dump. They don't need to get rid of Hendricks to pay for Benintendi. They are willing to move him because, as we've discussed on this show over the last couple of months, he is the best trade chip available to you. And the, and the loss that you can absorb 
easier than any other loss. He's really worth about a win to a win and a half B-War as a closer. He is a very, very good closer, but don't tell me you need to have the best closer in baseball on your team to win a world championship when the only time I ever watched my team win a World Series, they started the season with Shingo Takatsu, then they had Dustin Hermanson and his his magical back that would go in and out on him, and then they found a man-child in the woods that had been rejected by his previous organization, and Bobby Jenks had a magical couple of months in which he actually blew a game in Game 2 of the World Series to set up Pesetniks walk-off home run. You don't need perfection coming out of there as a closer. Is it nice to have? Yeah, sure it is. But David Bednar will probably be out there at the trade deadline and the Pirates will be dangling him. And he's a capable closer if you don't get the results you want out of, say, Reynaldo Lopez being your closer or somebody else who comes out of spring training as the closer. You don't have to trade Liam Hendricks, but you definitely don't need to keep him. It's all about getting his value, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and and if you're going to dangle a guy, okay, the Pirates are, you brought up David Bednar, and the Pirates are a good example. Brian Reynolds is public. I want out. I want out of Pittsburgh. Trade me, right? So we know that Pittsburgh is going to listen to offers, but we also know that Pittsburgh is asking for a king's ransom for him, right? They're asking for the world for Brian Reynolds because he is a piece that every single team, especially teams that are, are contending, would take on in a heartbeat. They would add Brian Reynolds to their outfield. Uh, don't tell me the White Sox wouldn't. And he is a guy that, because of his value, the Pirates don't have to let him go for nothing, right? They, he he can sit and sulk in the in the clubhouse for them, and they don't have to let him go. The White Sox are the same way. They can go into the season with Liam Hendricks as their closer because they're a team that expects and wants to contend. At least that's the storyline we're being told. So there's no reason for them to get rid of him. But if the Mets come calling and are like, well, we're going to give you all of this, and they flash a whole bunch of players and and prospects and and guys that are going to fill holes and help you out, then, yeah, Rick Hahn's got to look at that and go, for one Liam Hendricks, I can take care of all of this. That's a pretty good deal. And that's how the White Sox have to approach the New York Mets. Let's just break this down. I've mentioned this before on the show that I – was a union president uh, of a unit in the Cook County Sheriff's Police, their 911 dispatchers. And I used to have to negotiate my contract whenever I went from radio station to radio station in the days before that. And we talked about that a little bit when we were talking about the negotiations during the CBA before last season. Uh, but if you, if you didn't know it, I just wanted to give you a quick background here. I, I have some experience. Now, I'm not a perfect being, and I maybe haven't made every decision right at a negotiating table, but I've done it enough times that I've learned a little bit, and it's all about understanding the person on the other end of the table, what they're willing to give, what they want, their mindset. The New York Mets are a very easy mindset to figure out, and hopefully the White Sox have figured this out. They want specific players. They want to be the best team ever. They want to be the evil empire of the New York Yankees from the late 90s. Steve Cohen is not only the biggest billionaire in the room amongst all the other billionaires, but he also is a New York Mets fan who just wants to win championships. And he is going to spend whatever it takes to win those titles. He's he's basically paying with the luxury tax a half of a billion dollars this year. It must make Jerry Reinsdorf so 
angry. And he's not the only owner who's who's angry about it. But it must make some of these owners so angry to have a guy who's like, money's no object. I'll run my team at a loss. I'm winning titles, right? I mean, good for Mets fans. And, and that's what he is. But here's the thing. He can't buy Liam Hendricks. He can't buy a guy out there right now who brings you what Liam Hendricks brings. So he has to make a trade for it. Now, if you're a guy who can go out and sign Carlos Correa, knowing that another team rejected something in his medical records, and you could just be like, yeah, I'll do that because money's no object to me, then you're the kind of guy who's going to spend over any problem that's created in a trade, which means if the White Sox say we want Francisco Alvarez, your superstar catching prospect, and we want Jeff McNeil, so we have a second baseman, and we want this other guy over here too, just for the hell of it. If he wants Liam Hendricks, he will replace the things he gave away by spending to fix that problem at a later date. He doesn't need prospects, and you have to understand that at this point. If he can't buy what he wants, and he wants Liam Hendricks, then you should hold him up like a robber with a mask. Because he's going to give you the prospects knowing that he can go out and buy whatever catcher, second baseman, uh, pitcher, anything you take out of his system, anything you rip off from him. If he can replace it and he doesn't need it to win his title this year and he could justify that in his mind, he'll go in the next season and he'll just increase his payroll to make up for it. And that's what the White Sox have to understand. This is a guy who will do anything to get what he wants. And if Jerry Reinsdorf really hates him, which I imagine he probably does because of the amount of money he spends, Jerry should be sitting there telling Rick, make sure you rip him off if you're going to trade Liam Hendricks. And meanwhile, the White Sox are clearly putting it out there because if a rumor gets out that the that the White Sox are talking to teams about Liam Hendricks and it's specific about the Mets, the only person that benefits is the White Sox. It doesn't benefit the Mets because the Mets don't want anybody competing for the thing they want. The White Sox are likely doing that because they want other teams to up their offers. So they either get exactly what they want from Cohen and the Mets, or they get the best offer possible from somebody else. I'd be shocked if Liam Hendricks is pitching for the White Sox next year. The only way that happens is if the Sox just don't like the offers that come in. But this is the time where you sit there and you play games and you hold people up because you have something valuable and you should get something extreme. People should be looking at the trade saying, wow, the White Sox got a ton for a closer. Yeah, they just need to approach Steve Cohen like who he is, who he is, which is the love child of Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He wants it all and he wants it now. I want a Liam Hendricks now. <laughs> and, he, and Kenny Williams, back in his heyday as GM, where prospects don't matter and I'm just going to get the biggest names I can find, whether they're still in their prime or not. That's exactly what you do. Seriously. You should have Francisco Alvarez in, in, in the White Sox system when this trade is over. Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, who no longer has a, has a clear shot to third base. Grab him too. Uh, get Jeff McNeil. Get Jeff McNeil. Throw him in there. Jeff and maybe McNeil. they got a left-handed uh, uh, starting pitcher that's sitting in double A that's going to be good in a couple of years. Like, get a haul. Yeah. Because he's going to replace all that later. He's got the money to replace it. You'll be like, oh, I don't care about this guy. Well, you know, we, we might like Alvarez. Yeah, but, you know, we could just buy somebody if we need to. That's that's how you have to treat him. The wood from this tree melts the ball Deep to right field. into the bleachers. Out of here! 
BoardAidWoodBats.com is the custom wooden baseball bat company that'll help you smoke them over the fence. Wow! Check out our custom bat builder that allows you to pick the wood species, model, and color, and get custom personalized engraving that'll be drop shipped right to you. Put some life in your lumber with Morning Wood. MorningWoodBats.com. 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 Do it today. In a couple years, we'll just buy James McCann back. Yeah, the James McCann thing is maybe the stupidest thing. <laughs> Before we get into the James McCann thing, remember, uh, Sox22 at checkout at MorningWoodBats.com. Uh, get uh, get your orders in. It might be past the holidays, but what the heck. I, mean, I, I, I have it's three definitely gifts. going to be past the holidays at this point, I have a feeling. but Yeah, but I have three gifts that my wife has already told me are coming in a week. Like, I'm getting pictures under the tree is what she told me. <laughs> Everything she ordered Lucky is delayed, you. and now with the storm hitting the city, she's just getting notices like, yeah, that's not coming. Like, I mean, everybody else yeah, is good just, in this house. Dad's getting pictures of stuff on Christmas morning. That's all I'm just going to be opening up something. Oh, look at that. It's a picture of such and such. Yeah, it'll be here in two weeks. Oh, that's that's awesome. Like, that's my Christmas. Let's talk about this McCann thing. He hates the White Sox so much they were on his no trade list. Like, that's what we found He's out so, later. He was so mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it. He thought that he had the greatest first half, even though he fell apart in the second half of that season that he was playing well. I mean, it was a tale of two different seasons, two different halves with James McCann. He makes the all-star game, then he had a terrible second half. And the White Sox did the right thing. They went out and got the best catcher available and picked up Yasmani Grandal. I didn't dislike that move at all. I didn't know what the end game was in terms of putting guys together. But, you know, that's what they went out and got. And McCann, clearly butthurt, was like, you could trade me anywhere. Just don't send me back to Chicago. Wow. Well, enjoy Baltimore, where you're going to be backing up Adley Rushman. So yeah, you're not getting any playing uh, time with Adley Rushman out there. No, and, and so that's the funny part is, is that James McCann proved after that first half that he was what the Tigers thought he was, which was a competent backup catcher, and now he's an aging backup catcher, which means that he's just expensive for what he is. So the fact that the White Sox were on his no-trade list was, uh, yeah, it's just one of those like, okay, that's fine, man. We didn't want you back anyway. Like we weren't clamored. It's like when an ex, you know, texts you like, um, you know, hey, I don't miss you. Great, me neither, man. I didn't. What the hell are you texting me for? Like, go away. <laughs> Just we were done a while ago. You don't have to bring this up, right? Well, I think the funniest thing is that it got out so quickly after the move that the Sox weren't even a possibility after spending 48 hours listening to everybody try to push this narrative that the White Sox are going to reacquire James McCann. And I don't think the White Sox would have ever been interested in him, and he clearly wasn't interested in them. And that shows you right there why, you know, Twitter's kind of not the real world. Like, <laughs> don't don't get yourself caught up in the, in rumors that are full. Even the, even the Portillo's Hamburger account, I don't think, had that one. Like, you know, all the weird named food accounts, I don't think, were saying James McCann was coming to the White Sox. That's how bad that was. Well, it, it gets to be like the Joey Gallo thing, right, where it, it, it took on a life of its own. It wasn't a real thing, you know, as far as anybody can tell. And, you know, it was just one of those things like, yeah, maybe the White Sox are interested in Gallo. And, and it comes from somewhere, it goes to somewhere, it goes to somewhere, and then all of a sudden... It's a thing. And with McCann, really with all of these trades, and, and I think maybe for Sox fans, we're, we're, we're looking at trades in a way that it's, it's, it's a little bizarre, okay? Because the last round of real big trades for the White Sox were players going out for prospects coming back, which is not where the team is right now. It's going to be players going out for players coming back. So you got to think about 
what fills a need. Okay, so even the even the Twitter stuff that was like, well, Eduardo Escobar, you know, now that they've signed Correa, he's available. Yeah, he makes a certain amount of sense. But then if you look, he's not been a full-time second baseman really ever in his career. His high watermark happens to be 42 games at second base for, for the Diamondbacks in 2021, but he was awful. He was not a very good second baseman back then, so he doesn't really fit the hole, right? He doesn't really fit the need. So it's just one of those where, where as Sox fans, I think we got to get ourselves back in the mindset of big boy major league trades where you're sitting there going, okay, we've got a Liam Hendricks that a lot of teams want. We need a second baseman. We could use another pitcher. We could use some prospects, certainly. We might need, you know, a major leaguer at catcher to compete with Sebi Zavala and, and Yasmani Grandal if there's an upgrade there. That's, of course, what you're looking for. Well, yeah. Well, I'm taking Francisco Alvarez from the Mets, and I'm taking Brett Beatty. He's got bat in his name. He's got to be good. Yeah, I'm taking him. All right. I'm giving him Larry Garcia, too. I've, I left that out in my rant. Like, not only am I oh, ripping yeah, them of off, I'm making them take Larry. <laughs> yeah, going you to. make them well. That's just it. You, you with a Steve Cohen, you do. You sit there and you go, "This is the guy I unload my bad contract on." And look what the Padres did. Look what the Padres did with Eric Hosmer, right? Right. Uh, uh, where where they unloaded the contract so that they could get a little something back for him, but really they unloaded a contract just to not have him there because they, he didn't fit the plan anymore. And so they gave him to a team that was willing to take on the contract. Now he's a street-free agent. So that's what you're looking to do. You're sitting there going, take Larry Garcia because we don't want his money on the books. We don't want it dead to us by by releasing him. We want the money off. We want you to take on his full contract. What you do with him after that, we could care less. First, Liam Hendricks comes off the plane. And then they're like, all right, it's time to take you over the ballpark. He's like, oh, hold on. Hold on. I came with someone else. And here comes Larry walking off. <laughs> like, that's how it should be. They told me I had I mean, to go with If you him. have to stick Larry in, in Liam's, like, luggage, you can do that, too. He's like a little wallaby. As long as his contract with goes with, that's all it is. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, the White Sox did make a move, um, uh, a minor move, that is one of those ones that I always sit there and say, I don't know what that, what, what's the point of that? So their their 40-man their roster was at 38. They, they make a trade where they deal away Cade McClure to the Giants, and they pick up Gregory Santos. Okay, two two relief pitchers changing hands. The problem is that Santos has to stay on the 40 man. So now you're up to 39. And I'm pretty much assuming Oscar Colas is going to have to be added because he should be in right field, at least currently the way that things are constructed. And you would think that maybe a Billy Hamilton or a Victor Reyes is going to find their way in there as a backup outfielder. So now somebody's going to have to get DFA'd no matter what at some point. And it's not like this Santos is a good pitcher. Like I, I looked at McClure. He ain't a world beater, but at least in the minors, he normally kept guys off base. Like his walks and hits per innings pitch sat anywhere between like, you know, 1.1 something to 1.2 something. It it was at least respectable. It's like, you know, a a spot reliever, like not a closer, but like on a good team, that's a, that's a solid relief pitcher. If he could, if he could eventually get to the next level, right. And actually do something. I'm not saying he would have in in reality, just got rid of a minor league relief pitcher. Who cares? But you bring a guy back over who throughout his entire career in the minor leagues puts on more than one and a half base runners per inning. And when he gets to the majors, that increases in his small time in the majors. He's a terrible relief pitcher. He's not good enough to play triple A ball in a bullpen, let alone major league ball. And he's taking up a spot on your 40 man. Like I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Who cares? I mean, if you ever see Gregory Santos in the majors pitching for the White Sox. Something has gone terribly wrong for the White Sox. That's my opinion on this. But it was like, what did you do? You lost a bet? 
You, you, you owe them something from a previous trade and this is a way to make things better or like, hey, we would really like to have this McClure guy. Just send us anybody. We're going to DFA him anyway in a month. Like, that's what that feels like to me. Well, and it's, yeah, you, you know, you, you always assume at best when you're being optimistic about the whole thing that there's something about 23-year-old Gregory Santos that the White Sox scouting department and Ethan Katz and and Chris Getz have seen are like, all right, this guy, he's younger than Cade McClure by a couple of years. We know what McClure is. He's not going anywhere. This guy has some potential because he, we see this pitch or we see this rotation on it. Uh, we think we can fix it here. And, and maybe that's the case, but he hasn't proven anything at, at this point. He hasn't shown that, that that's the situation. And you're right. Now you've taken up a, a, a 40-man roster spot that could – and should go somewhere else. And and even if you are going to make a trade, let's say you're going to, you're going to make a Liam Hendricks trade and bring back a couple of guys that have to be on the 40 man. Now you, you still, you don't have the space for it. You're still going to have to DFA some guys. And then you look at a guy like Santos and you go, this guy's got to go. Cause he's, he's not going to be, He's not going to be on a competing team. Well, that's the thing. He'd be the first guy. That's what makes it weird about it. When I look at the guys in the 40 man and I had to think, well, who do I got to take off if we need to make some room? The guy they just acquired and put on the 40 man would be one of the guys right at the top of my list. So that's why, I mean, like sometimes they make moves and I just go, I don't know what they're doing. What are they doing here? This is really weird. And in reality, doesn't matter. We're never going to see this guy in the major leagues, right? But it's just one of those things. It's like a head scratch. It's like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Do you have a White Sox Christmas wish? Is there something as you're as you're as you're opening up presents under the tree, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna look at it and be like, that's nice, but I would much rather have the White Sox do this than get this crappy present. Because I I think that way as a fan from time to time. Like that's nice. like I was asked what I wanted for Christmas. And I'm the worst when people ask me. Like my mom still does this to me. I'm 45 years old. My mom oh, yeah. still reaches out and goes, Can you get me your Christmas list? And I go, I don't I don't want anything. Well, what do you want? I want like, you know, my little three foot world around me to be a little bit better. And and maybe the White Sox make a move like everything I want isn't under the tree. What I want is the, a really good White Sox team to go out, win a division and be a contender to possibly win a World Series. What I want are things I mean, like I'm happy with the Andrew Benintendi. That was a Christmas gift coming early for me because it, it at least made me feel like this team wasn't going to have a ridiculously low payroll for what they were trying to accomplish. And they went and got a real baseball player. And now there should be other moves on the horizon here. So I'm feeling positive. Right. So I'm getting a little bit of what I want. But that's what I normally think of when I think of what I want for, for Christmas. Like, you know, like how somebody goes like I want world peace. Well, you know, I want a second baseman. That's what I want. 
Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, you could always pull the Steve Martin, too, and, and say, you know, I want all the children of the world to get together and sing <laughs> it in harmony in the spirit of, of love and forgiveness. And, you know, but I also want a billion dollars and all my enemies smited and, and all that stuff, too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, experiences really is what he was talking about there. Experiences are worth more sometimes than, than the actual things that you get. What do I want from a White Sox fan standpoint? Obviously, I want a world championship. I want I want to feel that again, right? I, I want another crack at that, at at, at hitting that pipe of of <laughs> smoking whatever whatever the the world championship drug is. I I want a hit of it, but you know, on a lower sense, right? Like sometimes you sit there and you go, you know, I understand like what I'm really asking for is out of your budget. And I'm not saying that that I'm I'm calling up Uncle Jerry and say, hey, don't don't worry about breaking the budget for for the White Sox fans. But I want excitement at the ballpark, okay? I, I want to know that when I go, I, I have a chance of seeing a White Sox victory. I want to know that I'm going to have a pleasant, good experience at the ballpark, that when I take my kids, that they're going to have a good time, that when I take my wife, she's going to get, have a good time. If I take one of my side pieces, I, never mind, forget <laughs> about that. But if I if I go that it's going to be good. If I watch them on TV, it's going to be good. I want a team that works hard, tries hard, has talent, and can go out there and compete. I would not be in tears if this team took someone, took the Astros to Game 7 of the ALCS and just fell short, okay? That would not crush my soul in any way, shape, or form, but I can't take another year of let's just sort of hang around in the division and hope something good happens in the playoffs that I can't, I can't take that anymore as a White Sox fan. So yeah, what I want to do is I want to reach down deep into my stocking. I would love to pull out a real second baseman and, and be like, Oh, look at this. I, we've been looking for one of these for years. Wow. Where did you find it? Did Amazon have a sale? Did you see, did you see that uh, right after our show came out, our show came out, I think at one o'clock in the morning, and by the next morning, early a.m., MLB Trade Rumors was telling people that teams were inquiring about Jorge Mateo. Like, if you had never know, heard right? of Jorge Mateo of the of the Orioles until we talked about him and said, this would be the kind of guy I'd be trying to target because I'd be knocking on the Orioles' door and he doesn't really have a spot in their starting lineup. And this is the kind of defense and speed and range that you need because the shift is going away. And then it was like, it was out that morning like we we beat that by about nine hours that teams might be interested in this guy, you know, and it, it had the feeling of the episode before we talked about the White Sox going and getting Benintendi. Like there was a little part of me wondering whether or not I controlled the universe or the Matrix had a glitch in it. And I was like Neo and figured it out. So I started trying to imagine the White Sox being sold to like a fan that had like billions upon billions of dollars that would just spend anything to try to win. But it didn't work. So that blew that theory out of the water. Well, I think you got to say it out loud, okay? So, <laughs> do I have to click my heels together three times too? Here's the thing: I I, I am a a a portly gentleman with a, a with a very graying beard, and I'm wearing a red shirt today. Santa Claus? So, uh, well, I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying I'm not. But let's see if if I'm somehow channeling some sort of Christmas energy here. I'm not going to the other end of the bar to sit on your knee. I'm not doing that. You are not sitting. No, you are absolutely not doing that. But let's see if we can channel that. Put it out into the atmosphere right now, okay?
ho, ho, little Chris. What would you like for your White Sox this year? This is the weirdest thing that we've ever done on this show. Uh, <laughs> I want a rangy second baseman that plays his position really well, that can steal bases, and uh, I would I would prefer that that rangy second baseman could hit as well. I actually looked up Jeff McNeil when this whole thing about the Mets might really want Liam Hendricks, and I will accept his range. He actually had a very good uh, sabermetrically uh, defensive year last year. The year before was not very rangy, but he looked like he could still feel this position, right? So, I mean, like, I would if he's part of this ginormous package that I intend to get back from the Mets when I'm ripping off Steve Cohen, who doesn't care about money and can just buy the players that he gives away to us the next year, you know, I, I would take him. And I described my my consolation prize, the guy that I think that, like, it'd still be worth going and getting, like a guy like Mateo, if not Mateo, from the Baltimore Orioles. But that's, I really want that. Like, I am fine with Oscar Colas in right field. I really am. I know you think he's going to strike out too much, and he might. But I'm fine with trying him out. And I love the idea of Luis Robert being healthy. And I got Andrew Benintendi in left field. And Mancada's not going anywhere, so that would be an unreal... It's like asking Santa Claus for a 747 because you're in the plains. Like, nothing's going to happen there. They're not going to move him, right? And Tim Anderson's your shortstop, and Andrew Vaughn's over at first base, and Yasmani Grandal doesn't have any disc left in his back, but he's got an exercise program, so everything's going to work out. I don't even want... They, that, that boggles the mind when I hear about that this guy had all these medical problems, and yet we continued to play him. And how is he going to perform with all of that? Is he hiding that from the team? Or the team just was like, well, just go exercise some more without with your all your disc problems in your back. You know, I'm 45 years old. If I sleep funny, I can't move for three days. And you're trying to make this guy catch and actually hit home runs and hit for average? I, I don't even know how to unpack that. But the one thing that I think is a realistic request from good old St. Nick down here at the end of the bar is that second baseman. Okay? Like, I, I, I know we have internal options. But that would be the thing that would make me say, all right, let's go, let's ride. I'm ready for that. That's the thing I want back as part of whatever return you get if you're going to deal Hendricks or to an extent move Kelly or Graveman, which I'm sure they're trying to do instead of Liam Hendricks. You know, in a perfect world, they'd like to move a guy like Graveman to a team and get back what they want. They'd like to go Kendall Graveman for Mateo from the Orioles and be done and keep Liam Hendricks, I'm sure. Okay, but I but but that's what I think is a realistic ask. I want the second base thing, and if I have that, then I'm then I'm sitting around wondering why they didn't have Sox Fest because I might have walked in with in a good mood. I might have walked in like annoyed about some stuff, but I would at least have had a halfway positive attitude. Well, they've been on the naughty list. <laughs> that's all you could come up with. <laughs> that, that was it. Your, your Santa bit crumbles at the end. That was, that's awful. And then I found $5. All right. I'm just going to end the story there. Listen, everybody enjoy everybody enjoy your holiday weekend. Uh, Ed and I recorded this show knowing that most people will just skip it. <laughs> this is going to be the episode that literally Can comes out on the eve of the eve. You're going to do your Christmas Eve, your Christmas Day. You might remember that it came out uh, before the holidays come Monday the 26th, right? So, I mean, I, I kind of I kind of expected it. Uh, we're we're going to kind of see how everything goes. We might have our next episode come out as normal on Tuesday. We might push it a day because of the holiday. All right. Uh, I, I, I promise myself that if I'm going to work out of my own house, 
in my basement doing podcasts for a living, the perk should be that I get to spend the holidays and like get to relax and spend time with the kids and play with the toys that they get and all that other stuff like that. So likely Tuesday, possibly Wednesday, but whatever it is, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, whatever you're celebrating out there. I hope you have a, a wonderful, joyous weekend uh, with your friends, your family. And if you hate people, I hope nobody bothers you for the entire weekend. and You get to sit in silence and do whatever it is you do. All right. Is that, is that good? Yeah, I think that absolutely covers it. It's basically <laughs> happy holidays, whether you like people or don't. Enjoy yourself. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.